0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure, like I always like to say, because it's actually true, <laughs> of talking to Arielle Crawford from Shop Ariel. We had a really interesting conversation all about sustainable fashion, how she is able to scale, but a little bit slower than normal while still worrying about sustainability in fashion because fashion is, and historically, has been non-sustainable. And so we had a really good conversation about that. There's just some really good nuggets in this conversation that I think you guys will get a lot out of. Enjoy. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, Our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by our friends at D2CDesign.com. If you're a D2C ad- advertiser, Fresh Creative is your lifeblood. And you guys know that I talk about that all the time on this podcast. That's why it's critical to have a design team that gets you new advertising content week in and week out at a fair price. We met over with Benson over at D2C Design and come up with this special offer just for secrets to scaling your e-commerce brand listeners. They have generously offered to design one free set of creative ads and D2C design strategy personalized for your brand. So if you like what you see, give them a test and then please let us know how it went. I want to make sure that you guys have good experiences with anybody who sponsors this podcast. Plus, these guys specialize in D2C designs that accelerate brand growth through conversion and personalized designs across your website, email marketing, social media, ads, and everything else that you need for growth. So head over to d2cdesign.com. That's the letter D, then the number two, and the letter C, design.com, and claim your free set of creative ads. Now on to today's episode, Arielle Crawford. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you
1: so much for having me,
0: Jordan. And thanks for sitting through that uh, that read there before, you know?
1: <laughs> good. It's nice to see you in action. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, this is my life. (laughs) Ariel, for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. I'm the founder and creative director of Shop Ariel. I'm a DTC and wholesale brand focused on sustainable materials, um, zero waste practices, and local manufacturing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's great. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into this. Like, is this your first, like, you know, fashion endeavor or like, where did you come from? I'd love to hear what sort of what that story looks like.
1: Sure. Yeah, I have a long background in the fashion industry. So I've worked for a lot of corporate fashion names. And on the side, though, I've always been an entrepreneur. It's not my first business. Um, I'm also no stranger to failure in that sense. I just uh, keep trying things. And um, this is one that seems to really be working. I was kind of ahead of the curve on sustainable fashion. I come from a sort of regenerative agriculture background. I'm from West Texas. And so it was really just sort of returning to my roots when I I decided to launch my own brand. Um, I was definitely at the point where I was pretty disheartened by the practices um, of sort of conventional fashion and wanted to see if I could do things regeneratively.
0: Interesting. So, talk to me, what does sustainable fashion mean exactly for people who don't know? Because I feel like that word has a lot of, there's just a wide array of things that people may think of when they think of sustainable fashion. What does that mean to you and why is that important?
1: Absolutely. That's a great question. It is such a buzzword now and it's definitely being misused by you know companies like H&M and Zara but for me it means regenerative materials so that's organic recycled and upcycled materials as well as zero waste practices we are a plastic free brand so we have no plastic in our production or our shipping or our materials we do use recycled polyester but no virgin plastic in any of our um, practices and then I also why
0: does that matter like why, why does it matter that you wouldn't use? Cause I've seen tons of brands using recycled plastic. Mm-hmm. Why does, why does that matter? And why is that like a, a hill that you're willing to die on?
1: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it does sometimes feel like being a martyr for that, but, um, I've been a zero waster personally for quite a few years now. Um, and it's really just about reducing um, my personal footprint. And then I of course scaled it to my brand when I launched my brand. So I basically just don't want to create any waste. I do think that waste is one of our biggest resources, which is why we do use recycled polyester. It already exists. So it's really just about taking waste and reusing it for, you know, for our materials.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Let's talk about this, this space, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about some of your history working in sort of corporate fashion and and what that looked like. Can you, can you talk to our audience a little bit about what that looked like comparatively to what you're doing now? Because even the volume of, you know, corporate fashion versus what you're doing is substantially different, right? I'd love, I'd love to, for our audience to hear a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, there is a substantial difference. And it is a lot about the scaling part of what's inherent to sustainability is some of it can't be scaled Um, to do things the right way. Sometimes it can't be scaled at that, you know, like super large, like Walmart or H&M or Zara, like, I just don't know if there's any way that they could turn a ship around that's that big. So Mm. for me, I have the sort of benefit of launching fresh that I can do things in a different way. And I do think that one of the biggest differences of between conventional, we'll call it conventional fashion and sustainable fashion is conventional fashion feels very competitive. You know, anyone who works in fashion, even the word fashion carries this sort of connotation that's like catty and competitive. And um, none of that is true in sustainable fashion. It's much more collaborative as far as just really opening the hood and being open access about our material sourcing, about our manufacturing. Um, whereas the environment is definitely, yeah, it's, it's much more collaborative. So if I'm at a sustainable fashion event, we're trading secrets. We're completely open access um, amongst each other. And that goes with consumers too. It's really about transparency. So what's another definition of sustainable fashion is just transparency, like lifting the veil between the manufacturing side and the whole supply chain. And what you see, you know, the finished product is really only one aspect, one small aspect of fashion. So just really opening that up um, to transparency, between the customers and the brand.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So, I mean, and the interesting thing that we talked about before is that, you know, in your previous corporate fashion world, you were working on, you know, like seven to eight seasonal collections a year Mm -hmm. uh, or seasonal launches. That's crazy. That's a lot of launches, right? And that's a lot of product that from, you know, some of the research that I've done and, and heard, a lot of product that actually ends up going into the landfill, Right, because they don't sell it all, and there's just not—they don't necessarily have those mechanisms to sell everything, right? And so that's uh, that's part of the cost that's built into things. I'm assuming that you're not dumping clothes into the landfill that don't sell. Is that correct?
1: (laughs) Correct. Or burning them, which is still a common practice and for big companies is to burn their samples. Because if you sell things at a certain price or you just give them away, it devalues your product. So uh, you, you can't let that happen. And so yes, they send them to landfills or they burn them or they shred them instead of doing something else with them. So one way we combat that in sustainable fashion is doing smaller collections and fewer of them. I call mine capsule collections. I launch Last year it was only two and most of the time it's four seasons a year and it's really only 11 or 12 pieces. Kind of one thing that will do that will serve the purpose that you're going to need it to and not five dresses, but two. Um, And so really narrowing it down to the essentials.
0: So how do you balance that with a profitable business, right? Where does that balance come in between creating something sustainable? Because if you're not making you know, if you're not able to, to scale to a certain size, then you're not able to employ people and, and have a a thriving business. Where, where does that balance come in?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's something I'm still very much figuring out as I go. I am a self funded business. And so um, I do now have a few employees, but it's been a little bit of a slow start without investment and doing things in this particular way. It's really sort of using myself and a business as an experiment. And can you do this the right way and be profitable? And so far I am, but it's right now I'm definitely refocusing on like a wholesale model so that I can start to scale in a sustainable way.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great thing in fashion. Like, I, I don't think I told you before, my wife and I own three uh, clothing brands. Uh, soon to be five. And for us, that that is why I love is because it allows you to scale your production at the same mm-hmm. time. And it really does help with direct to consumer as well, right? People see your your item there and they're like, oh, I love that brand. Let's go check out what else they have online, right? I think that it's a great, it's an absolutely great model uh, for that. What do your plans look like for 2021? I mean, this is, you know, we're coming out of hopefully, you know, one of the craziest times that any of us have ever had, you know, coming out of COVID. What does 21 sorry, 2021 look like for you from the marketing side?
1: Mm -hmm. It's definitely an interesting time. I I foresee some sort of a renaissance of fashion happening. I think people are going to be really tired of sweatpants and staying at home. And I think people are going to want to look and feel really good when they go out again. And so I do see a resurgence of fashion on the horizon. And definitely that's going to change too. I mean, in 2020, we pivoted to masks pretty quickly. And thank God, because it was definitely our life raft through that year. And um, I also got involved with another venture called BioRomper, where we make antimicrobial jumpsuits that are very fashion and function forward for people to wear on planes or traveling or even just to the grocery store. It's coated in silver ion technology. So it kills bacteria and viruses on contact. And so perhaps we'll start to see more technology like
0: that. Oh, that's super interesting. I, I love that. And what about on the on the marketing side where where do you see that mm-hmm. um, going in twenty twenty one for you guys specifically
1: mm-hmm. well, Yeah, I can, I can look back at um, when the pandemic hit, I was like, Oh, well, there goes my business. No one's going to be shopping. But to my surprise, people were, um, my business is better than ever in 2020. And I think that that was because people finally had the time and space to digest the information that I've been putting out for years about sustainability. I mean, as far as we know, this is the pandemic is caused by humans and consumption and so we need to start a, to sort of redefine what consumerism looks like going forward and fashion is uh, it's so archaic we're like the dinosaur of industries food went organic in the 90s and it's really hard to find anything organic out there and it should all be organic it's the only way to, to move forward um, organic or recycled and so I do think that people are going to be more open and ready for this message moving forward I mean there are serious consequences if we don't so it's like fashion really needs to get on board with the agenda.
0: Yeah, love it. Love it. That's great. I gotta ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling?
1: Like the slow and steady drumbeat, I would say. I know that it's probably an unconventional answer. And especially like these days, everyone wants to see instant gratification and immediate scaling and a proof of concept within a year. But my experience has been very different than that. And it took me a while to realize that coming from a corporate fashion and sort of conventional viewpoints of business, but I'm, I guess I'm more interested in being in it for the long game. And so what that means to me and not burning out so quickly as an entrepreneur and as a self-funded business owner and someone who's doing things differently and definitely against the grain. So for me, it's just showing up every single day and growing day by day um, in an authentic and organic way.
0: Mm, mm, that's great. I love that answer. That's, that's wonderful. We're, Going to move on to our lightning round here. I have three more questions ready for you here. Number one, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now?
1: Uh, I love Canva. Even more so that I just listened to the founder's interview uh, on NPR's How I Built This.
0: Oh, so awesome. Awesome. Okay. awesome. Yeah, to yeah. That. they're really great. That's great. Yeah, I cannot say enough good things about Canva. I mean, especially if, you know, if you're one of the listeners who, who listen to this, that, you know, you're still scaling up, you may not have like a full-time graphic designer in-house. Oh my gosh, Canva can basically... You know, you can you can almost put anybody on that and snap things into place, and it's it's incredible. It has leveled the playing field as far as graphic design, basic graphic design is concerned. Like I, yeah, absolutely love that. Uh, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to.
1: I'll go back to NPR's how I built this as an entrepreneur. I find those stories fascinating. I like Tim Ferriss. I'm very into uh, like holistic healing. And I love that he touches on that a lot. And I just listened to, I just revisited a land remembered on audiobook, which is a,
0: real, a really nice saga, historical fiction. Listen. Oh, cool. Cool. That's great. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. One more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, uh, who would it be? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh,
1: probably Keith Richards. He's just like my all-time Keith idol. Keith
0: Richards. That's <laughs> a great answer. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, so and 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 how come? What like what would you ask Keith?
1: Mm, I don't know that I would even I mean, I have speaking of audiobooks, his is like my number one audiobook. Um, it's read in part by Johnny Depp, uh, Keith Richards Life. It's just so good. Um, and I really like that which,
0: which is great because I mean I know Johnny Depp is based uh, characters off of Keith Richards.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Like
0: that's who his, uh, uh, his, uh, Jack Sparrow, right. Is based Uh off of Keith Richards, I think. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so in that sense, like, I feel like I know a lot of his story, so, um, I don't even think I'd want to extract anything from him. Maybe he could teach me a song. Um, I play the ukulele and I love the Rolling Stones. So maybe if I could ask him anything, it would be to help me transcribe a a Rolling Stones song from guitar to ukulele.
0: The ukulele. Oh yeah. yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, Ariel, so nice to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Where can people find out uh, more about you and more about your brand?
1: Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. You can find me at shop underscore Ariel. That's A-R-I-E-L-L-E on Instagram. And uh, my website is wwwshop com.
0: Awesome. And we will have all of what we talked about today in the show notes. Uh, so I really appreciate your time today. And I think people are going to get a lot out of this one.
1: Thank you so much, Jordan. It was an honor to be on here.